Whiplash is written and directed by first-timer Damien Chazelle and stars Miles Teller as Andrew Neiman, a young musician studying under the tutelage of Terence Fletcher, played by J.K. Simmons. Fletcher is a monster, but intriguingly, Andrew doesn't see him as such. Instead, he seems to regard Fletcher as his barometer, the measure by which his talent will be smelted and then hammered into shape on the master's anvil. Accordingly, while Andrew runs the educative gamut at school, in his personal life, he decides that he's really better off without the distraction of sharing himself emotionally with anyone. Well, I don't think that we should be together. And I've thought about it a lot, and this is what's going to happen. Okay, I'm going to keep pursuing what I'm pursuing. And because I'm doing that, it's going to take up more and more of my time, and I'm not going to be able to spend as much time with you. And even when I do spend time with you, I'm going to be thinking about drumming. I'm going to be thinking about jazz music and my charts and all that, and because of that, you're going to start to resent me. And you're going to tell me to ease up on the drumming, spend more time with you because you're not feeling important. And I'm not going to be able to do that. And really, I'm just going to start to resent you for even asking me to stop drumming. And we're just going to start to hate each other. And it's going to get very, it's going to be ugly. And so for those reasons, I'd rather just, you know, break it off clean. And then for good measure, we see that Andrew doesn't receive any sort of recognition from his father or extended family. Travis and Dustin, they have plenty of friends and plenty of purpose. I'm sure they'll make great school board presidents someday. Oh, that's what this is all about? You think you're better than us? Catch on quick, and model you in. I got a reply for you, Andrew. You think Carlton football's a joke? Come play with us. Four words you will never hear from the NFL. So there we have it. What Andrew has within him is something not entirely unlike Fletcher. Andrew too has the ability to dismiss, degrade and insult. There is in him an air of arrogant, conceited self-righteousness, which is easy to overlook simply because Andrew is our protagonist. But more than those vices, or depending on your orientation, virtues, it means that Andrew has within him what it takes to fight back against Fletcher. Perfect timing. Come on in, Connolly. Uh, you do know each other, right? Yeah, yeah, Nassau band. Hey, what's up, Andrew? Now, uh, Connolly, I've made Neiman a temporary core, but with this competition coming up, I just want to make very sure this chart is in the best shape it can be. Yeah, this one right here, right? I gave Connolly the chart this morning. All I want to do now is just uh, give you both a crack at it, all right? So, Neiman, go ahead, jump on the kit. We'll take it from the top. Okay. Of course, there are people such as Fletcher in the real world. Disastrous personalities that have somehow secured a position of teacher or lecturer or coach and then bully and harangue. But is Fletcher a real person in the film? Good scripts are plausible. Great scripts incorporate metaphor at the same time. What Chazelle has done here is present Fletcher as real, while at the same time allowing him to represent Andrew's own inner being. In that respect, Fletcher is Andrew's neurotic voice of self-doubt that plagues all performers, whether they be tennis players, boxers, actors or musicians. Why do you suppose I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman? I, I don't know. Sure you do. The tempo? Were you rushing or were you dragging? I, I don't know. Start counting. Five, six, seven. In four, damn it! Look at me! One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? I don't know. 
Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference. And it is that never-ending anxiety that propels the artist to push themselves further, to practice harder and keep their talent sharp. Which is probably the reason why we call it the cutting edge. It cuts, it bleeds, and because you play again and aggravate the wound, it never truly heals. And as Nietzsche himself famously wrote, that which does not defeat you makes you stronger. Which is why audiences only see and hear the beautiful performance. We don't know of the struggle, and you know what? We don't want to know. Why? Because it reminds us of our own inability to do what the performer does. It is much better not to know, because then the performance is elevated to the magical height of art. What is curious, if not revelatory, is that Fletcher and Andrew inaccurately repeat a story about legendary jazz saxophonist Charlie Parker. Parker was all of 16 when he joined a queue of players waiting to jam on stage in Kansas City's Reno Club. On stage holding rhythm was Joe Jones, master drummer of Count Basie's orchestra. Parker took the stage and audaciously tried to improvise, but instead lost the tune and then the beat. The way Whiplash repeatedly mistells the story, Joe Jones unscrewed his cymbal from his drum kit and hurled it at Parker, almost decapitating him in the process. But what really happened was that Jones contemptuously tossed the cymbal at Parker's feet. Chazelle changed those details because he wants to make a point about the nature of, well, before we come to that, let's consider the one jazz legend that Andrew looks up to more than anyone else, Buddy Rich. Now, anyone who knows anything about the history of jazz will tell you that while Buddy Rich was probably the most famous drummer the art form has ever produced, he certainly was not the greatest. That accolade goes to Papa Joe Jones. Yes, the very same Joe Jones who threw his symbol at Parker's feet. But the reason why I find it telling that Andrew has a poster of Buddy Rich is because, well, listen to Rich himself performing in 1977. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. It's, uh, it's great to play for you. It's, uh, it's great to be here tonight. BBC. <laughs> I wonder if they know how lucky they are tonight. Bands in tune. Everybody showed up. <laughs> Novelty night. Yes, Rich could berate, taunt and humiliate his band members and was not shy of doing so in public. So, since Andrew's hero was a bully and his teacher is a bully, it would follow that whiplash is about abuse. But by saying that, we are limiting ourselves to reading just one character. Saying it is only about abuse is to overlook the emotional power and resilience of our protagonist. Because while this may not be true of Andrew all the way through the film, by the end, it is very clear that Whiplash is about another very darkly motivated human endeavor, revenge, which is why the ending works so successfully. At the film's climax, Fletcher once again goes to pull the rug from under Andrew, and this time with the most malicious and catastrophic intention. In one instant, Fletcher lashes out at Andrew in a way that will forever destroy any chance Andrew has of securing any sort of career. It looks as if Andrew has been defeated, 
but somehow Chazelle pulls out the very thing that will pull Andrew through. What Chazelle pulls out is not necessarily the truth about what makes a great artist, or even a great person for that matter. No, what Chazelle pulls out is something that lies within almost all of us. The moment when we wished we could prove our teachers wrong. The moment we remember when they dismissed our greatest efforts, gave us a poor grade and told us, verbally or subliminally, that we would never amount to anything. That's the reason why the ending is so satisfying. Andrew takes the hit and then he hits back. He seizes control of Fletcher's band and in a musical coup d'etat, he reduces Fletcher to a mere spectator. It's the point where we all move beyond the reach of our teachers, coaches, trainers, managers and bosses. The moment we make our lives our own. Which is the only real measure of success. Whiplash is a very impressive film. But if you want to see a movie that is really about jazz, check out these two classics. Bird, Clint Eastwood's biopic of Charlie Parker. And Round Midnight, Bertrand Tavernier's blissful composite of Lester Young and Bud Powell.